this morning, Exodus chapter 10, and uh, I understand we preached out of that last week, and generally this is, this is outside the box for me because I'm one of those kind of persons that uh, if I go to the grocery store, if it's one person, it's one order. I don't like those people that get up here, well, now this is part of one order, and this is another order, and I'm going to pay with this there, and I don't like those kind of people. Gentle and them kind of people. It don't bother her at all. We go to the drive-thru. You're all getting the same thing if I'm ordering. Many times we had the kids, Jen would order. It's just all getting, well, I don't like pickles, Dad. Great. Pick them off. <laughs> You're all getting them. You do not want to overcomplicate things to the people taking your order at the McDonald's. They get mad at the littlest things. They can't handle that. It was very stressful for them just to get there. I'm not being mean towards people that work at McDonald's. Uh, I'm just, you know what I'm talking about. And so I'm the kind of person, one chapter, one message. <laughs> There's two in this one. For me, <laughs> I'm sure other preachers say, no, there are about 15 there. Well, but where I'm at in life, there was two, <laughs> okay? There's two. And, and so I want to talk about this ninth plague and I believe it to have some truths for us. And yes, it's, it'll be a salvation uh, message uh, talking about don't turn the light out. And I'll explain that as we get into it. Uh, let's read some scripture. And uh, verse 16, this is after the plague of the locusts. And uh, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste. And he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that ye may take away from me this death only. Now don't, don't get a coronary thinking that Pharaoh's trying to get saved. Notice there he says, he says, ask the Lord your God, not his God. He wasn't claiming him. He's a polytheist. So let's read on. And he says, And he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind, which took away the locusts and cast them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coast of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. Remember, uh, you'd have to go back to the first messages there in Exodus. God did not harden his heart against his will. Uh, God did not begin to harden that heart until Pharaoh said, I'm not doing that. Who's the Lord that I should obey his voice? you got to be careful with wrestling with the Lord like that when God puts something on your heart, especially when it deals with salvation and trusting in Him. Because you get your heart hardened. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Now, here's a phrase that began to get me to think about what I'm going to preach on this morning. Even darkness which may be felt. There's something to that. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings, yeah, amen, in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. 
Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. He's trying to make a deal with God. God don't make deals. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not a hoof be left behind, for thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come hither. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Now watch this. And Pharaoh said unto him, Get thee from me. Take heed to thyself. See my face no more. For in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well. I will see thy face no more. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come. We thank you. Lord, help us today as we look into the word. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, we ask that you be with the folks here and bless them and help them to grow in grace and knowledge. Be with the live stream audience. And Lord, uh, I can't help but think that there'll be somebody that is lost, that is watching, or that will watch. And that they've been wrestling with salvation. And I pray that the Holy Spirit of God can use this message. Speak through me. Help them to understand that they only get so long and that they can turn their light out. And when that happens, they're lost forever. Be with us today now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. As I said earlier, this is the plague of darkness. And this was Jehovah judging the sun god raw. That's who Pharaoh's favorite god was. And I got that from reading uh, some history. Uh, I didn't get that out of the word of God. But uh, it makes sense because the Lord over there in Deuteronomy said that he brought all the judgments and plagues to judge their gods. And because he brought this darkness and there, one of the gods they did worship, now I know that for a fact, was Ra, the sun god. And, and so that's who they give all the, you know, he was the big god. If you go in Egypt, and now in Greek mythology, that'd be Zeus, you know, the big guy, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. They, all, these, all these false religions and cultures have uh, uh, these uh, false gods or little gods, demigods. And you say, well, why? Do you ever read Genesis chapter 6? Where the sons of God, those are fallen angels, come down, cohabitated with the daughters of men. And he says, they had offspring in the city. You heard about Hercules, right? Daddy was a god. His mother was a human. And they become mighty men, giants in the land. So oh, I just thought all that stuff was made up. Not when you uh, study your Bible, something going on there. But even those gods uh, are not more powerful than our God. And that is what uh, Moses is telling Pharaoh. He said, you need to let God's people go. God views those people, the children of Israel, as his firstborn. Now, some things here about light that you need to understand uh, to get a full scope of what's going on down here in Egypt. Light is an aspect of God's character. 1 John 1, verse 5 says, This then is the message 
which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. The Bible goes on to say in John, this is St. John, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says this, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He's telling you he's God, manifested in the flesh. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. So there should be no reason to worship the demon god Ra. And that's who Ra is, is a demon god. And believing that Ra is the light of the world. I need to make this uh, uh, comment here, especially in the day and the apostasy that we live in. This is not Jehovah revealing himself to the people of Egypt through the sun god Ra. I, I don't care what the Pope says about that. Uh, he's made some comments in these last years that, well, you know, with our uh, Islamic brethren, that's how God has designed to reveal himself. No, hogwash. Jehovah, he's going to reveal himself the same way every time to whoever he's dealing with. He's not going to come to you and reveal himself through some other deity. That's called polytheism. It is me, it's the belief of many gods, but not the belief in one God. People leave that out about polytheism. They say, well, it's the belief in many gods. That's half of the definition. But it's also not the belief in one God. So God is not going to reveal himself through different people, through their gods. Paris Reed had learned this years ago as a missionary in Africa. He said he had spent four years in Bible school, got into the Africa, dealing with people that had never seen a white man before, and he figured, I'm going to have a little hard time trying to explain God to them because they're heathens, and they worship false gods. And he went to deal. He had the language of this tribe, and he went out there, and he says, I need to talk to you about the God who made heaven and earth. He said, we know him. He said, what do you mean you know him? We know him. We know that God. But we don't worship that God. He's mad at us right now. And so we worship a different God. And the reason we don't worship Jehovah is because he don't like our chicken sacrifices. He said, well, <laughs> you, you better. Uh, God's made a way to reconcile this enmity between you and him through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, won many of them to the Lord. And he said he always found it kind of mind-blowing that as soon as he'd lead them to Christ, he's like, well, how am I going to begin to teach Jesus to these people? They're naked, running around naked. He said, they'd come to me the very next morning and say, I need two things from you. I said, okay, what are they? A bar of soap and some clothes out of the missionary bag. He said, I didn't have to sit down and try to disciple them and try to bring them along on how to put clothes on and to take a bath. He says, when a man gets born again, things change. And you're not going to have a problem running around naked and not wanting to take a bath. Uh, you got that free. It wasn't in the notes. I strayed. I'm running a rabbit. But I'm telling you, I, <laughs> Pharaoh was a polytheist. And he did not believe in one God. And he should have because Jesus Christ is the light of this world. So when God withdraws his presence so significantly 
that the void remaining is darkness which can be felt. That's what's going on here. Now some theologians say, well, God struck them with blindness. And maybe that's true. I kind of think it's just a little more than that. I believe there was something that God opened the floodgates of hell open and God withdrew his presence. You say, well, God is omnipresent. You better believe he is. And that means he's everywhere present, but he's not present everywhere. Say, uh, didn't you just say the same thing? No, there's two complete different things there because one of them is pantheism and the other one is Bible. God is everywhere present. That means God knows what's going on everywhere, every place at the same time. But it doesn't mean he's not in there. God's not down at the bar this morning. God knows what's going on down there, but he's not in there. Just like God didn't walk down into Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent the two angels. The third one stayed behind with Abraham. God didn't go down to Sodom. Got that free. That means there's coming a day when God will withdraw his presence from America. And we're pretty close to it when he raptures us out of here. We need to get that stuff straight. People think, well, God's in the microphone. You know, if we name this God, then God has to be here. No, he don't. God is dwelling within his people that are saved and born again. And God is everywhere present. But that doesn't mean he's present everywhere. And so God can withdraw himself so completely that darkness falls over that place. You know, this plague happens again which sheds a little light over there in Revelation. And we're heading that way, and we'll talk about it, but I'm going to read this to you. Out of Revelations chapter 16, verse 10, God sends this plague on the Antichrist and his crew. He says, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. Now, this is what I want you to get. Because the darkness that can be felt, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. So he's just not talking about when the electric goes out around 1 o'clock in the morning you live in the country. He's not talking about, well, they might have had to light some candle. They wasn't even able to light a candle. They wasn't able to use any type of artificial light because God withdrew his presence from that place. Because Pharaoh wanted to turn the light out. This is a darkness that can be felt. The book of Psalms says this. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger. I'm reading from Psalms 78 there. When he talks about these plagues he put on Egypt. And he says, He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. I believe that happened during the time of this three days and three nights of darkness. I read this in some history recorded in Jewish tradition that the Jews said that in this darkness, because they were in the land of Goshen, that they were terrified by evil spirits and by dreadful sounds and murmurs in the dark. Kind of 
sounds to me like he's describing hell because the Bible talks about hell being dark and being outer darkness and the lake of fire being a place of darkness. He said, how can that be if there's fire? The hottest flame I know of is black flame. And it's pretty hot. And there'll be darkness down there. And when you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior and you turn that light out and you begin to refuse God and refuse the working of God and refuse the man of God and the preaching of the Word of God, what you do is God will withdraw His presence from your life. He calls that apostasy. He calls that reprobate mind where the mind ceases to function properly. If you want to know what's going on in our government system, you got a bunch of reprobates running around. They can't think right because God has withdrawn His presence there. They're turning their lights out. And so this plague wasn't just you sitting in the dark. Well, maybe I'll just catch up on my sleep. Uh-uh. There was evil spirits. God, it looks to me like God lifted the hedge that he has around people, that natural protection, and will allow evil spirits to gain access and to begin to torment these people. And it was so bad that they began to gnaw their tongues for pain. Pretty scary. Pretty scary. So I'm going to give you a couple of things. Now that we've got a little background, a little introduction. God, according to your Bible, my Bible, has given every man light. Hence the picture, a little light bulb. This Bible says every man is born lost. We understand that from Scripture because of Adam's transgression. Death passed upon all men, for all have sinned, and we are born in darkness. That means without the presence of God inside. And God said, well, I'm going to give every man that is born, according to John 1, verse 9, that was the light, he's talking about Christ, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So God is going to give every human being, every man, every woman, every child, a chance because He's going to turn the light on for them so they can see that He is the one true God, that Jesus is the bread of life, that Jesus is the light of this world, and that God is not willing that any man should perish. Every natural born man and woman and child is on a life journey. And if they don't get saved, hell is their final destination. The Bible goes on to say in Acts 26, around verse 17 and 18, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, talking about the Apostle Paul, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes, they were in darkness, the devil blinds the minds of man so that they cannot see the light of the glorious gospel. To turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan 
Satan is associated with the darkness unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So God has given every man light. How dare a man say, well, I don't think Jesus is the light, and begin to worship some other deity, some demon God, and given that demon God credit for being light. Some of God's lights, let me give you this. There are some lights that are on this path, this life journey. I can't help but think some people are running recklessly down this journey of life. They're living like there is, like they got all the time in the world. And they're purposely unscrewing the light bulbs that God's got on to try to warn them, to show them that they're headed the wrong way. One of those lights is creation. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. You can't see unless you have lights. Being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The Word of God says that it is a light. He says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light under my path. God has promised to preserve a copy of His Word through every generation. But the devil wants you to turn that light out. The church. Jesus says that the church is to be salt and light to this lost and dying world. If, if we never accomplish anything but to be a testimony in this community that here is light and I was praying this way yesterday, if we're not known for anything else, but people when they drive by or people when they talk about Tree of Life, well, I'll say one thing, uh, that preacher preaches the truth down there and those people believe the truth, it's a light. There's good Bible teaching down there and correct Bible doctrine preached and taught down there. I want it to be known to be a light. I don't want it to be known that that church is always in a mess. That church is always in a fuss. That church is always splitting and people angry and they can't get along. And by the way, when there's pride, there's contention. And when there's pride and contention and, a, and a confusion, God's not there. Because God's not the author of confusion. I want our church to be known as a light in this community. And yes, as people drive by and maybe people pray to their God that they wish that this church would close down. I've heard people say that before. That they wish that this church could shut its doors. They don't like the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. I can't help but think that we'll be at the judgment the great white throne as a testimony when people all of a sudden say well I didn't know and the Lord said but you lived right there 
in the community with Tree of Life and their doors were open every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night, and you drove by, and God will play back on the big screen what they were thinking when they drove by and looked at the sign and said, I wish that church would close down, and God will bring it back to them, and they will bow, and they will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord as they're cast into outer darkness. The church is to be a light. Christians are to be a light, which is the church. That means you. If you're saved, you're to be a light. The preacher is to be a light. The preacher is to be a preacher and a proclaimer like John the Baptist of the lights. John bore witness of the lights. Gospel preachers are to bear witness of the light. And I'm telling you, Jesus is the light of this world. And this word of God backs that up. And it bears witness to God and that Jesus is the light. And you need the light living inside of you. Don't be like Pharaoh and turn the lights out. Pharaoh, turn the light out. You say, well... Nobody can just turn Jesus off. I didn't mean it like that. But I did make the statement, and I have made the statement, that God will never override your free will. And if you keep rejecting God, and you keep fighting with God, and you come to the point where He said, I don't want to think about this anymore. I don't want to see that preacher no more. I don't want to see the truth no more. I don't want to hear the gospel no more. God will withdraw his presence from you. He'll give you, he'll answer your prayer. He'll give you what you want. I would advise you not to do that. Pharaoh does that in verse 28. He tells Moses... You take heed to yourself. He said, you better pay attention, old boy. See my face no more. Boy, I've heard those words. I've heard those words since I've pastored down here. Trying to work with people. Got a little mad over a little something. I've heard those words. Don't see me no more. And I just can't help but wonder if they're not turning out some light. I don't know. It's not me. But I believe that when Pharaoh, because it's here in the context, you do understand there's only one other plague. And after that, Pharaoh is destroyed in the Red Sea. Moses doesn't go to preach to him no more. Moses doesn't give him another chance. It's over. And it was over when Pharaoh said, I don't want to see the preacher's face no more. Get out of here. You better take heed yourself. I worry. I don't know about you, but I worry every time I ride that riding lawnmower up from the church up to the parsonage. I almost got run over. I don't know if that was an ex-church member or not, but I almost got one. <laughs> I don't think it was, but I, and I, I, I'm, I'm driving on the left side over up against, you know, the, the little cutout so I can see the traffic coming at me so I can bail off that thing. 
Sure enough, they're, they're, they're hugging the yellow line. All of a sudden, I see them go whoop right at me. And I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt. And right at the last minute, there was a wave, and it jerked back over. And it wasn't a young person. It was an older lady. I, I don't know who it was. I, couldn't, I was too worried about when do I jump, and, well, it's too late to jump now. <laughs> but I always worry about that. So God lets me do it to build my faith. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I do a lot of praying on that lawnmower. And I'm trying, it only takes me a couple of minutes. And so don't you all chase me around <laughs> and try to scare me. Because I've got gray hair over that. It's happened a couple of times. <laughs> Pharaoh tells Moses, I don't want to see you no more. And if I do, he says, you're going to die. <laughs> I, I, I've not been told that. <laughs> I might have felt like that was implied, <laughs> but it wasn't actually said like that. But I believe then God withdrew his presence. Pharaoh turned his light out. God withdraws his presence from the land of Egypt. We see from verse 23, God is in the land of Goshen because the children of Israel, they're dwelling in the lights. Why? Because they're with Christ. That's why. And Pharaoh, by his refusal to obey the commands of God, turned his light out on the road to hell. That's where he's at this morning. Pharaoh is in hell, screaming out in pain and agony. And I believe God gave him a little taste before he ever got there of what the demons do to people in the pit of hell. He said, oh, I've never heard anything like that. What do you think's going to happen down there? You're just going to stand over in a corner? Mm-mm. No, devils, Satan's down in there now. Demons are down in hell now. Tormenting people. Abusing people, terrifying people. You say, You're scaring me. Well, the Bible says there's two ways to see someone come to know Christ through compassion, and He says, Through fear, snatching them out of the fire. Humans are only motivated by two things what they love and what they fear. Pharaoh turned his light out. He refused to believe even though God had proven to him ten times that he is the one true God. The God that made heaven and earth. Pharaoh's in hell today. Pharaoh turned the light that God gave him out by refusing God. Let me ask you a question. Have you turned your lights out? You turn the light out? The Bible says this. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That word day opposed to the word night is there for a reason. It's a reference to the gospel light. 
Christ said this. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. God's not going to forever knock on your heart's door. God is not going to forever work with you and deal with you as you keep ignoring him and keep resisting him and keep saying no to him. He will withdraw. And this Bible says you need to walk while you have the light while God is working with you and dealing with you, today is that day of salvation. Today. Don't be like Pharaoh and turn the light out. Because when you do that, that's when God turns you over to a reprobate mind. And then he leaves you to your own devices and destruction is at the end of that path and I got news for you you just won't be sitting down in hell in a dark corner thinking about video games it's not how it's going to work down there there'll be torments and you will be gnawing your tongue you'll be like that rich man over there in Luke 16 at that time, paradise was on the other side. There was a gulf between hell and paradise. There's a great gulf. And so on the side of paradise, there was light. And you could see, because you have to have light to see, they could see over. And that rich man was down there in agony in hell. He lifted up his eyes and he was begging. They would send Lazarus over just a drop of water is all he needed. And it could not be done that rich man's still down there today but now paradise is not there on the other side there's no light god has withdrawn that presence because paradise is in the third heaven now according to second corinthians so there's total darkness and isaiah said that hell hath enlarged itself and so it's filling up with people that have turned their light out. Remember, hell was made for the devil and his angels. God never intended for mankind to be there. And how man gets there is by rejecting Jesus and turning the light out and saying, I don't care what God says. I don't care who Jesus is. I'm going my own way. And in hell, you will lift up your eyes, being in torments of flame. Have you turned your light out? Does God not tug on your heart no more? God not deal with you no more? Have you said no to God so many times that Holy Spirit just kind of withdrew His presence? I hope not. But today is that day of salvation if you are lost come to know Christ. Let's all stand this morning.